Welcome to BFR Radio, a podcast dedicated to all things BFR. This podcast is proudly sponsored by sportsrehab.com.au, where if you want to buy your own BFR cuffs or you want more information about the type of training or you just want more information, this is your one place to go. And I'm your host, Chris Gavilio. Hi everyone and welcome back to this episode of BFR Radio. Hope your own training is going well. Thank you for all of your questions about blood flow restriction. And if you do have any burning questions of your own, please DM me through my social channels, which is at Chris Cavillio, or my website contact us page, which is sportsrehab.com. A reminder that I have an introduction to BFR presentation on the Play Education platform. That's P-L-A-E. This is a fantastic initiative from Play. And the goal is actually to extend my one hour to my full BFR workshop on this online platform. So stay tuned for that and I'll definitely let you know. I'll also put the link to the play workshop in the show notes. And there's also a lot of other fantastic presentations and courses on this platform. So if you're interested in furthering your SNC education with the best in the industry, please check it out. If you're enjoying these short, intensive mini-series of BFR articles and have something you're interested in knowing more about, let me know, as I'd love to hear what you want to know more about in the world of BFR. On to today's episode, and this is going to be the last episode in relation to this upper body short mini-series in BFR. And recently, I've been focusing on how BFR can be used effectively in different upper body scenarios. The last few episodes has been focusing on how we could be using BFR more effectively in a whole heap of different upper body scenarios. In particular, we looked at the muscular benefits with low load BFR bench press and practical bicep curls. The third episode highlighted the benefits of using BFR for wrist fractures. And the fourth and the penultimate episode showed that we can improve grip strength and size using something very simple as hand squeezing type exercises. Hence, I thought it was a really great segue to today's episode, which is more of a practical sporting example. And really, the title says it all. Effect of exercise program with blood flow restriction on upper limb vasculature and performance in wrestlers. The primary author is Mohammed Goharab from Tanta University, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. And if I did say it wrong, I do apologize. I also thank Mohammed because I sent a couple of emails to him to ask him a few more questions about this paper. And in particular, there's a lot of wrestling concepts that hopefully I get it right. So if you are a wrestling fanatic and you do know your stuff and I get it wrong, I apologize. But I've done the best I could here. Once again, don't get caught up in the particulars of wrestling in this case, but rather the overall concept. And really, I think that the concept outlined in this paper will sit well across a host of different sports which rely on the ability to grip and grapple. If firstly we think about wrestling, it's a sport consisting of high-intensity drills interspersed with brief periods of mild to moderate intensity work or resting categorized by the exerted efforts of the athlete to maintain physical control over his or her opponent. Recent rule changes have shortened match duration from five to two-minute rounds which encourages power maneuvers that require both absolute whole body strength and explosiveness, integrating a large isometric component for technical performance. As a result, modern wrestling taxes more anaerobic energy systems that elevates heart rates to maximum levels and accumulates moderate to high lactate concentrations following competition. 
Moving away from the wrestling specifics and more about just exercise training in general, adaptations to exercise training are typically observed in vasculature perfusion metabolizing skeletal muscle, but can extend to regions less active during exercise involving large muscle groups. These local and systemic vascular adaptations have been observed with aerobic endurance type exercise and to a lesser extent resistance exercise. If you remember my last episode, I started to go into this in some small detail. Vascular adaptations coupled with myofibril growth, that's muscle growth, may enhance muscle blood flow capacity and gas metabolite exchange contributing to the increased muscular endurance. In particular, the concurrent promotion of strength and endurance adaptations to training is of particular interest within the sport of wrestling with vascular adaptation one way to highlight potential efficacy. This is where BFR training steps in, and in particular, this form of training has highlighted the benefits to developing skeletal muscle hypertrophy, strength and fitness, as well as vascular remodeling and adaptation. Therefore, the aim of the study was to investigate the effect of moderate intensity wrestling technical exercise with blood flow restriction technique on axillary artery vasculature, muscle hypertrophy, and performance adaptation. And this is what I love about this study. They've actually taken blood flow restriction away from a single strength type exercise and put it into the actual sport itself. And one thing I just want to note here is just the way that the paper was written. I'm going to really just focus on the muscle hypertrophy and performance adaptation results. If we look at the procedure, they used eight elite wrestling athletes, which were members of the Egyptian Wrestling Federation. The approximate age of the athletes was 20 years and they weighed between 67 to 77 kilos. It was an eight-week study, which consisted of three sessions per week, which included 20 minutes per session of moderate intensity technical training with more than 70% of maximal load with BFR cuffs on the upper limb. Five centimeter wide cuffs were used to the pressure of complete venous occlusion, which was derived from Doppler sonography of the axillary artery. According to the picture in the paper, it looked like a simple tourniquet strap with no gauge was used. And it actually would have been good to have a table that outlined the pressures used by the participants, but it wasn't available. Overall, 600 minutes of total training period was used with the interval method of training. The tourniquet straps were recalibrated every two weeks for accuracy. If you actually refer to the paper, they outline the exercise protocol and the different wrestling drills that they did. And I think that was really well done because you can get a real practical component of what the main parts were, the unit durations, what exercises were performed, the intensities, the repetitions, and the modalities, whether it was with or without occlusion. Really well done there. So without going into too much detail, I'm just going to go through some small parts of the exercise sessions. And these in particular were the wrestling technical drills. And the athlete performed chosen drills as follow. And the reason why I just want to mention this, and I'm actually going to find some pictures and put them up on my Instagram and website, because this fits really nicely into the last podcast that I did where I spoke about the effects of using BFR with grip training. And this is a much more applied way of doing your grip training as opposed to just squeezing a dynamometer. What I am going to focus on is the main parts that were related to wrestling technical drills. And the athletes performed four main drills. The first one was a grab finger grip. This is where you grab four fingers of your left hand with the four fingers of your right hand. 
Lock them together by closing your fists firmly and pull all four fingers of both hands at the same time to ensure the lock. The second one is called a wrist grip. This is where you grab your left wrist with your right hand or vice versa with your thumb and forefinger around the alternating wrist. And the third grip exercise that they used was a palm to palm grip. And this is where you place your left palm on your right palm and clasp both hands around each other with your thumb in and thumb out. And if you actually perform these exercises, you can create your own resistance and you can see what kind of training effect you could do even without the BFR cuffs on. And the fourth main exercise is called a snatch. Now, this is not an Olympic lifting snatch, but a wrestling specific snatch. And this is where you snatch the opponent's head forward so that he or she falls into you. As they do, you reach over his back and wrap your arms around their waist. You step into them so that both of your feet are level with them and outside your opponent's feet. You bend very deeply at the knees, keeping your back as straight as possible, and you should be right underneath their center of gravity. Pick them up and throw them over your head by straightening your legs and arching your back crab-like. There's a reference with a wrestling-specific book in this paper, and if you want to know more, grab that. Moving on to the vascular, physical, and performance measurements. These were conducted before the protocol. In other words, they had baseline measurements. Two weeks into the protocol to investigate the short-term adaptation of the protocol with BFR technique and also at the conclusion of the eight-week training intervention to investigate the long-term adaptation of the protocol with BFR technique. That's what I like about this study is, is they looked beyond the typical four to six-week program that you would see and they actually stated that in the methods they thought that programs beyond the six-week were really needed to see any real meaningful change in any physical, vascular, or performance adaptation. When we look at the testing measurements in a little bit more detail, the first area was on physical measurements. The athletes firstly performed a hand grip test, and although it wasn't stated, I'm assuming that's with a dynamometer, and the second physical measurement test was a power push-up endurance test, done with and without the occlusion cuffs on. This was measured in the number of repetitions performed over time. With respect to the performance measurements, or in other words, did their wrestling ability improve? They used wrestling drills to assess the performance of the athletes. And in particular, they used one drill, which is called a gut wrench. Now, a gut wrench is a basic freestyle and Greco-Roman technique, which is executed in the parterre position. And this is where you lock up your opponent and do a side roll. The parterre position is when an athlete is placed in a defensive position with their hands and knees on the mat. If your opponent is on their stomach in the bottom position, you'll have an opportunity to use the gut wrench. And this move can help you score points while wearing down your opponent. And every time you expose your opponents back to the mat, you will earn two points. And I did find a good video, and I'm going to put the link to that video in the show notes. And the other test that they performed was a snatch test. And I explained briefly what the snatch test was earlier, and they used that as part of their training. In the paper that I read, I actually wasn't able to find out how the hand grip strength test was assessed and also what a power push-up was. However, I could guess that hand grip strength was assessed by using a handheld dynamometer and that a power push-up potentially may be a push-up done quickly and assuming guided within a strict range of movement. 
The total time allowed for the push-up endurance test was not stated. However, I have done a little bit of digging and I found a paper called Physiological Profile of Elite Iranian Junior Freestyle Wrestlers, which was a 2009 paper that appeared in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. In this paper, the push-up endurance test was a one-minute push-up test where the athletes were not allowed to rest in the top or the down position. And obviously, they are measuring the number of push-ups they can perform within the one-minute time limit. There we go. Physical measurements, grip strength, power push-ups, and a performance test using a gut wrench and a snatch test. If we look at the results and in respect to physical adaptation, hand grip strength increased significantly in both left and right hands at two weeks. That was 5.4 to the right and 7.4 in the left. And in eight weeks, they had a much greater increase in hand grip strength. And that was between 18.5 and 21%. The push-up endurance test, which was performed with and without inclusion. And if anyone's done push-ups with occlusion cuffs on, this is impressive. When we look at the one-minute push-up endurance test without the BFR cuffs on, the mean value reps was 69 and this improved 6.3% to 74 reps. And after eight weeks of training, the total number of mean reps improved 14.4% from the original 69 to 80 reps in total. The same test was performed with the BFR cuffs on. And interestingly, the numbers were very similar to when the test was performed without the cuffs. The pre-mean values were 65 reps, improved at two weeks to 73 and then 80 reps at the end of the eight-week training period. And this is, I think, a very interesting result considering if you know how difficult it is to exercise with BFR cuffs on. And just to cross-reference these results to confirm where they sit in relation to other wrestlers, if we refer back to that original paper in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, results for a one-minute push-up test for athletes in the same weight class varied between 59 to 78 repetitions, confirming that these results supported those observed in the study that I'm reviewing. When we look at the wrestling-specific performance measurements, this resulted in significant improvements between pre-measurement and baseline and after eight weeks of training in all four measurements of performance efficacy. In particular, the four measurements included repetitions that improved 26%, total score 44, a snatch test from above, which is called an upward drill, 64%, and snatch test from below, which is called a down drill, 50%. And if we look at muscle size, a 4% increase in biceps breaking muscle diameter was also observed over the eight-week training period. And if you have a look at the training program in the paper, there was no bicep curls included in the actual training program. And with respect to auxiliary vascular adaptations, I really didn't want to focus too much on it in this paper, just because the complexity of the read but they did find that moderate intensity technical exercises with the BFR technique caused significant decrease in blood velocity, blood flow volume, artery diameter, and resistive index reading after two weeks. Whereas after eight weeks of training, they showed significant increases in all these measurements of vascular adaptation parameters, highlighting an adaptive effect of the BFR technique. Overall, the main interest of the study, in my opinion, was to see how the addition of BFR use with specific wrestling training exercises could affect technical performance measurements after a short two-week and a longer eight-week time period. 
As I mentioned earlier, a significant increase was shown in the number of drill repetitions and improvement in scores across that eight-week period. And this was also reflective of the other results, in particular the improvements in muscle diameter, but also the physical adaptations of grip strength and the push-up endurance test. This study showed that the inclusion of BFR to technical exercise can assist with a sport-specific adaptation, which is a positive move in applied sports science studies, which typically only focuses on single muscle contraction studies. Starting to put my coach's hat on here, I'm actually now thinking about the potential of using BFR across other type of sporting activities and athletic populations. When we start to think about what sports we could be including here, martial art type sports, judo, taekwondo, anything where there's a need to grapple, climbers could benefit a lot here from this type of training. Boxers and maybe even doing some form of upper body wrestling or tackling technique for rugby sports that could be a really interesting inclusion into the pre-season but also a maintenance across in-season training extrapolating this a little bit further again and this is just purely conceptual we start to consider about the other positive effects of using bfr and in particular the decrement in joint and tendon pain and then when we start to think about how do we maintain levels of technical proficiency, but also strength parameters across our in-season? Should we or could we start using BFR in tackling technique? Um, doesn't have to be the actual tackling itself, but grappling type exercises, which may help with technique across the season. And if we're able to decrease pain and continually work on the technical aspects of our technique, I think this could have some benefit for athletes across quite a long season. And in particular, in contact type sports where a lot of athletes have shoulder problems. So we may be able to have something which is just a little bit different, but give something back to the athletes to continually perform well across the season where they traditionally wouldn't be able to due to shoulder soreness and so forth. Now, that's just purely conceptual, but it's something to consider. And I think as a coach, it's worthwhile exploring with those athletes that, well, can we get an extra season out of them and be a little bit smarter with how we coach them? That's where I'm going to leave this article. And this also concludes this short mini-series that focus on upper body BFR. And I really like the last study with respect to the practical applications of BFR to a sport. There's actually a few other sport-specific studies starting to appear in literature, which really highlights the positive application of BFR. And once again, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, if there's a topic of interest you'd like me to cover in this short mini-series, please let me know, as I'm really interested in knowing what interests you. Thanks again for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you do know of someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. And if you haven't got a set of your own BFR cuffs, please visit my website, which is sportsrehab.com.au, where you can purchase the Sports Rehab Tourniquet. I can also help you with your training, so please contact me via my website or DM me through my socials, which is at Chris Cavillio. Lastly, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and remember to keep the pump.